Rewind it back to the days of chillaxing on the beach and all-day fun with Spring Break on DraftKings Casino. Play exclusive games like Fan Fave Rocket. The excitement is endless, the vibes are right, and the cash prizes could be huge. New players, start playing with just 5 bucks and get 100 back instantly in casino credits. Download the app and use code COLLEGEDRAFT to book your one-way ticket to fun with DraftKings Casino. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21-plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Pour yourself a cold one. They strike them, huh? And listen to Russ Tucker break down the top college prospects on another tasty edition of The College Draft. Yeah, it is Daddy Soda time here on the College Draft Podcast, presented by FantasyPoints.com. Use that code FEAST, all caps, so you get all the good stuff, Greg Cosell and more over there. And maybe more importantly, you get to go against me and Joe Dolan in our July Best Ball 10 draft. I'm 14 picks in to our June Best Ball 10 draft. I'm pretty sure I'm going to win. I mean, it's pretty obvious at this point. Everybody else could just quit. You guys can't beat me. So you probably shouldn't even go to FantasyPoints.com. And use the code FEAST, all caps, and try to go against me in the league because you're not going to be able to beat me. Anyway, I mentioned it. I'm Ross Tucker, former NFL offensive lineman, at Ross Tucker NFL, Twitter, and the gram. It could be IG, Insta, whatever the cool thing is to call it now. I'm at Ross Tucker NFL on all that stuff. And Facebook, facebook.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. If you're not already following or liking or whatever, please do. You can find all of our shows over at RossTucker.com or at Ross Tucker Pod on Twitter, Instagram. We have a new YouTube page, which for nothing else, you should check out the College Draft, this show on our YouTube page, YouTube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL, because my co-host on this show, Matt Waldman, looks awesome. He looks awesome. He looks way cooler than I thought he would when you actually see him. He always has this awesome, like, cap on. He's got an awesome chair, this mic in front of him. Matt Waldman is a stud. The black cap goes perfectly with his gray beard. I love it. I I mean, all I'd ever known of Matt was a picture. This, I mean, in video, he looks way better than his picture. He looks sweet. Matt, how are you? (laughs) I'm doing well, Ross. How are you? Do you have a good fourth? I did, man. Thank you. Yes. Uh, didn't do much on the fourth other than if people that follow my social saw it, we, um, you know, we made filet and scallops from Butcher Box. Shout out Butcher Box. But then yesterday we had a small family gathering for my daughter's seventh birthday. She turned seven tomorrow. So that was nice. Mm-hmm. Always good to try to make a, a little girl's day special. So it was really nice. How about you? 
oh man, it was good. We just relaxed, chilled out here and, and had a nice time. And, you know, um, we have, we, we don't live far from a fairground, so we get to see fireworks out in our back deck pretty much. So we took that in and, you know, just had a, had a nice weekend overall. So happy birthday to your daughter. Thank you. I appreciate that. At Matt Waldman is where you can find him on social media. MattWaldmanRSP.com. That's where you get the rookie scouting portfolio. It is a monster. It is a beast. Over 1,200 pages. You talk to NFL teams, NFL scouts, they get it. It's, it's one of the one or two guides that they get that help them at night when they're reading or to give them a little extra information on players, which is why we love having Matt here on the College Draft Podcast. And this will be our first time, Matt, diving into next year's draft. We kind of just wrapped up every selection of the 2020 draft. You had encyclopedic knowledge of all of those guys. Then we talked a little bit about multiple sports and, you know, the data from guys that compete in track and field last week with Brian Spillbeller of tracking football. Now we get into 2021 and we will, of course, start with the quarterbacks. And it's almost weird, Matt. He's only played two years of college football. But because of how highly touted he was in high school, because he's been in back-to-back national championship games, it feels like Trevor Lawrence has been playing college football for a lot longer than just his third and true junior year. Yeah, that's for sure. You know, I mean, when you see a guy, you know, really in the limelight, the way that he's been, he and his team have been, you just kind of get used to that. It was kind of that same way with Tua Tonga-Vailoa. So when you when you think about Trevor Lawrence, I mean he's a he's a prospect just as good, you know, when you think about the level of, you know, scrutiny that he's going to receive over the next year um or two depending on when he decides to come out. But I mean this is a guy that, you know, has all the physical characteristics that you're looking for from a top quarterback. I mean the big arm, the velocity, the the you know, the size, the strength He's someone that is also a very good runner. I mean, you you can use him in ways where he's going to be able to, you know, not only just move the chains for you, but he can be a threat with his legs on certain types of read plays. You can use him on quarterback sweeps if you want to on occasion, and he's going to be able to work past linebackers and even threaten some safeties with his speed. But, you know, as a passer, I mean, think all day long. I mean, this guy has the technique that you're looking for. He has ter- he has good footwork mechanics that have real flashes of excellence. And it's because when you watch him drop back, I mean, they're, they're pretty clean drops overall. He can get a little bit wide with his drops. But I, I really like looking at the footwork of a quarterback because I think the footwork matched up with what his eyes see tells you a lot about how well he processes what he sees on the field because a lot of what you see with footwork is tied to the routes of the you know to the route tree of his receivers and how he pivots into the pocket so when you know when he gets into situations where say defenders get early penetration or pressure into the backfield to watch him to watch him be able to make the quick adjustment either curtail his drop and be able to slide away 
or to be able to climb through pressure, one or two points of pressure, and find that first or second and sometimes even third read and make the quick adjustment and throw with anticipation. That just tells me a lot of things are integrated with this game that it's at this point, if the quarterback doesn't have it, it's going to be hard to teach. And the fact that he already has those things, I really like. Um, the the only thing that I've seen with him that is consistent with maybe his feet and his eyes not being in sync is with the you know, kind of the intermediate skinny post. When he reads certain types of leverage with the coverage, he doesn't always see that as well or as quickly as you'd like, and he can be one to two beats on that one throw. Otherwise, when I watch this guy's game, I mean, you know, it's hard not to think of a guy in style like Andrew Luck in terms of just the the size and strength, the athletic ability, the way that he kind of sees the field, the fact that he can hold safeties in the middle of the field, that he has a good idea of where his receiver is, and he can come back to the middle or the right. Um, he can pivot and throw from the pocket very well. Um, you know, to me, you know, this is just a guy that if, if anything is just more the, of the very advanced ways of looking at the field and being able to, um, you know, process information so quickly that as soon as he like pivots or hits his foot in the ground, the ball needs to come out based on how he reads the leverage. That's the only thing that's sometimes missing with his game. Otherwise, you know, he may be the top quarterback in, in this particular draft class if he continues along the trajectory we, we've seen thus far. You know, it, it's interesting because a couple things. One is I got a chance to meet with him and, and watch him perform at the U.S. Army Bowl a couple years ago. And, you know, all the high school recruiting and scouting gurus all said he was the best prospect they had graded in like a decade from a high school level. You know, he was just that good in every way in high school. I didn't realize he was that athletic that he could run that well. I mean, he basically won the Ohio State game in the semifinals of the college football playoff by running as much as anything. I mean, he had some serious wheels in that game, which I think is really important because as we see some of these guys, you know, Deshaun Watson, Russell Wilson, most notably, of course, Lamar Jackson, I think more and more teams, they don't need to use it a lot, but they'd like to have that threat. They'd like to have that element, whether it's the zone read stuff, or other quarterback-centric run plays. And just knowing that he has it in him can really be an asset. So Lawrence has been the guy for a couple of years. The other guy that really emerged in a major way last year is another high school quarterback from Georgia who also doesn't play for the Georgia Bulldogs. He plays for Ohio State, and I'm talking about Justin Fields, the former Georgia Bulldog who transferred. Yeah, I mean, it's funny. We're going to be talking about a lot of guys from Georgia on this podcast, it seems like. Um, and, and Fields is one of them. He's just not – He's he grew up not far down the road from where I live, north of Atlanta, in, a, in an area called Kennesaw, Georgia. And, you know, this is a guy that has, again, like Lawrence, has the size, has the arm strength, 
has the speed, has the base technique that you're looking for, oftentimes from top prospects. And this is someone who delivers excellent placement under pressure, much like Lawrence when it comes to throwing the ball with anticipation down the field. He's not afraid to let his receiver go up win and win the football, um, which is that kind of confidence you want when you're throwing to top athletes, you know, at the in the Big Ten or in the SEC and or the or the ACC, any of the big conferences. And he's a player that also has the skill to be able to climb from pressure. But if you let him break that pocket, just like Trevor Lawrence, he has that he has that burst. He has the movement to be able to make the first man miss and then be able to take the the play, not just move the chains, but to give you big plays. And when you think about how the NFL looks, look at 12-yard gains on rushing plays as a big play or 16-yard gains, I believe, in the passing game. And when they when they analytically look at those particular plays, those are the cutoffs. And you're going to get a lot of those from you know guys like Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields. And he's a, he's the type of guy that has good zone placement in the vertical range of the field. You can see him execute, you know, all the different types of drops that you're looking for that you don't always see from Trevor Lawrence. I mean, Trevor Lawrence, you just in terms of what the Clemson offense has him to do, you're not seeing always a lot of five and seven step drops. You'll see a few a, little, a few of those from Justin Fields in his game. The difference between the two is, I'd say that Justin Fields while he executes a little bit more variety in terms of drop types and play action types than what you often see from Lawrence, his drop plan needs to be a little quicker. I think that he's someone that has either the last step of his drop or when he's taking the one-step drop from from shotgun or from pistol and he drags that front foot forward, he can be a little bit of jerky with the drops. He can be a little slow or loping with the drops. And that's important because when we talked about the importance of that with Trevor Lawrence in terms of your footwork, if you're moving a little bit too up and down as a quarterback, you may not always be able to see very clearly what's happening with the defense in terms of zone, in terms of you know players dropping back into zones or making adjustments early post-snap. And he sees things while pre-snap. Early post-snap, I think he can get a little bit better. There's plays where he misses where the safeties you know, where the safety is actually coming up to attack a receiver in that intermediate range and shooting forward to cut off or maybe an underneath defender is going to drop in his own undercut plays. And you'll see these situations where, you know, he just misses those. The Clemson game was a good example of that, where he had a couple of interceptions in that game. He could have thrown a couple of more if they weren't dropped um, by the defensive backs. Uh, And he's a guy that can be one to two beats late recognizing that leverage versus zone to where if he has to go to that second read, he doesn't always ID where the zone defender is is supposed to be or where the anticipate where that zone defender is going to be moving. And that's where he can get into trouble. Again, this is a more advanced concept when you compare the college level to the pro level, but it's something that's going to be expected him to be able to do at the pro level. So I like what I see from him very much. And he's certainly one of the top prospects, but if I were going to compare him to, you know, to Trevor Lawrence at this stage, I'd give the slightest edge right now in their development to to Trevor Lawrence. But, you know, this is a really nice quarterback class overall. And Justin Fields isn't the guy that you're going to be upset with, you know, taking at this stage, if you were, if we were drafting today. 
So Justin Fields, I actually watched his high school highlight video, Matt, because I do a local thing here in central Pennsylvania. I do an hour uh, talking Penn State football each week on the Keystone Sports Network. So it's on a bunch of Pennsylvania radio stations, and uh, it's they podcast that as well. So anytime there's a Penn State commit, I watch his video, and he actually originally committed to Penn State, and his high school highlight video was the most outrageous of any quarterback I've ever seen. Now, I didn't go back and watch Trevor Lawrence's or these other guys, but Justin Fields, first of all, it was crazy how fast he was on the field, but then his arm, like in high school, it was unbelievable some of the throws that he would make. Best high school highlight video from a quarterback that I've watched in a long time. Very, very impressive. It's interesting, for the longest time, Matt, we talked about this year's draft class. It's Trevor Lawrence, tank for Trevor, blah, blah, blah. Then all of a sudden it was, well, hey, Justin Fields, pretty good too. There's a couple of them. But there's more and more of a buzz now for an FCS player who just finished his first year as a starter, Trey Lance from North Dakota State that just churns out NFL quarterbacks these days and national championships. What did you see from Trey Lance, Matt? I really like Trey Lance, and I think that any if you've heard buzz about him and that he could possibly be a first-round guy to compete with an early spot with Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields, I believe it. I believe it very much so when you watch his game. And he reminds me of actually one of my favorite players who ever played in the NFL, and that was Steve McNair. And when I think about, and, and I'll explain a little bit why, but one of the things that just stands out about him, you know, is his footwork. This is a guy that, you know, takes all the drops that you see on a consistent basis, takes a lot of drops from center, operates in an offense that when you think of what the Browns will be doing, what the Minnesota, Minnesota Vikings did last year, man, he'd fit perfectly in those two offenses right now in terms of the type of skills that he has. He operates uh, really well in the play-action game, has great play-action skills in terms of how he sells um, the exchange points with different types of exchanges, different types of roles, throws unbelievably well on the move on design roles um, and bootlegs, you know, either side that he rolls to. And with his drops, one of the things that he does a little bit better than Trevor Lawrence and Justin Field is that he has that little deceleration, that ending at the top of the drop where he really just sticks his feet in the ground and he's in a terrific throwing position to get that ball out. And it's just very smooth, very quick, and he can and he has quicker drops than those two. And so the fact that his feet are crisp, they're precise, and that he can he can change the drop plan, but he can also really just stick it, you know, with a quick tempo is something that he's already a little bit ahead of the game technically than those two with a very important area of footwork. Now both those guys, you know, Fields and Lawrence can improve. Uh, and certainly improve that. It's not a. It's not something that's hard to improve. But the fact that he's already there is is awesome. And he has a, a nice release that drives the ball um, pretty well. He can drive it a little further downward than those other guys. You see that 
remember, you know, you look at that with Donovan McNabb. He kind of drove the ball downward a little bit with his release motion at times. Trey, Trey Lance has that kind of tendency on short throws on, um, you know, to the to the perimeter or into the open zones. But he's a guy that has really good intermediate accuracy on the move under pressure. He has terrific form. He can hold safeties, and his placement is just great. Like watching him throw the ball down the field and um, really show awareness of where the safety is coming across the field or where the the coverage is um, trailing him. He does a great job of putting the ball only where the receiver has a chance to make the play, whether you know Lance is throwing on the move or whether he's you know throwing from a from a more platform position in the pocket. Um, he can be a little bit late to read the leverage underneath early on um, or late in the decision, um, but he's a guy with a you know also a really strong arm, awesome downfield accuracy, someone who can make multiple reads. He can scramble to buy time for multiple points of pressure, just like Fields and um, you know Lawrence. The difference with him is that I really didn't see him have to really climb the pocket on a consistent basis. But when he's done it, I mean, I've only I've watched probably nine games of his already, and I only saw one play um, where he actually had to just climb away from a defender and do it in rhythm with those incremental steps that you need from a quarterback. But he did it. He did it really well. I just want to see a little bit more of that. Um, but he's someone that has, you know, really just, I mean, borderline rare skills in terms of what I, you know, what I see from him in terms of movement, throwing the ball with accuracy and the placement that he shows at this stage of the game. Um, and I think if he continues to have a strong year and you see him do well once again this year on a consistent level, um, I think that it's going to be hard to hold him back from that tier of Lawrence and Justin Fields. So those are considered the top three guys right now. You hear a lot of talk among all those guys. I would tell you the number one ranked thing right now, it's the DraftKings Sportsbook app. DraftKings has brought their expertise to legal sports betting. It's a legitimate sportsbook based right here in the U.S., so you can rest assured that your funds are totally secure. Oh, my goodness, do I hope we have college football to bet on for so many reasons. We also have UFC 251 Fight Island in Abu Dhabi. Obviously, golf continues. Soccer continues. People are loving, absolutely loving betting on golf these days. Plus, it's just fun to bet on a fight, and you can do it at DraftKings. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code ROSS when you sign up. I literally did this over the weekend. For a limited time, all new users can get a sign-up bonus up to $1,000. That's right. DraftKings Sportsbook has a sign-up bonus up to $1,000. Just enter code ROSS when you sign up only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or PA only. Bonus comprised of a first deposit bonus and a first bet match, each up to $500. Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Matt, we were joking earlier about Trevor Lawrence and it seeming like he's been there a while. 
What about Sam Ellinger at Texas? Now, it really feels like he's been there for a while. What kind of prospect is he? Yeah, I like him a lot. I mean, he may be, he probably is the top senior on the board right now in terms of the quarterback class. And this is a guy also smooth, quick setups, high release motion. You know, he's accurate with three-quarter and sidearm delivery. So he has, you know, nice use of being able to do different platforms with his his, his throwing. Um, and when he has time, he scans the width and length of the field. Well, he'll find the open man. He has good timing when it comes to his footwork in terms of hitching and throwing, um, when he works to those second and third reads. So you can see that he's often in sync with what he does in his offense. Um, I think he feels interior pressure well. He'll maneuver and reset away from it. And he has that skill to fire the ball with accuracy despite pressure bearing down on him. And that's a trait that really all four of the quarterbacks that we've talked about thus far share. Um, and he's someone that, you know, I think he's fundamentally sound with his ball security and maneuvering the pocket. He holds the safety well when working deep. Um, I'd just like to see him do a little bit more. And he and Justin Fields can kind of have to both work on this. It's just kind of opening up to a different side of the field a little longer during their drop so that they can manipulate linebackers and safeties and then finish their drop, turning towards the first read or second, first two reads in their progressions. Um, I think he's an underrated runner. I mean, he's strong. He's got some stop-start quickness to him. It's going to help him move the chains. He's not as dynamic as as Lance Fields or um, Lawrence. And I didn't talk much about Lance's running, but that dude – that dude's strong. You know, when I mentioned Steve McNair, I should say that's kind of enough when you talk about a guy who could run with power and could make the first man miss, um, you know, and Lance has that. But Ellinger also is a guy who, you know, certainly can, you know, move the chains and get, you know, get first downs for you if he has to break the pocket. And, he, you know, his accuracy is something you want to see him work on in the deeper reaches. You know, in the vertical game, he has what I call area code accuracy. It's it's enough for the receiver to make an athletic play on the ball, but it's not where Bill Walsh is going to, you know, you know, it's the old story of Bill Walsh telling Mike Holmgren, you know, don't don't tell Jerry Rice or don't tell Joe Montana that was a good throw unless it hits him in that perfect square where we want it to be, um, as opposed to just the fact that Jerry Rice was able to reach and catch it. And and Ellinger has a little bit more area code accuracy than pinpoint accuracy at this point. Um, his footwork and release motion, you know, they need to be tightened up a little bit to help that accuracy. He tends to overshoot, you know, his vertical routes. But the good thing is that it's it's a consistent issue where his accuracy is. It's not like, you know, a guy like Carson Wentz coming out of school, as good as a quarterback as he is, was a type of guy that you couldn't really get a barometer. He couldn't get a barometer on. He'd either be like on one play, throw it too long. The other play, throw it way too short. And you could see that he has the arm, but the the Eagles did a great job of saying, you know what, we're going to limit his drops. We're going to limit him to, you know, a pistol type of offense as good as he was in college. But in the pros, we find, you know, shorten those drops, let him get it out quick. He's going to be pinpoint accurate within that 30-yard range. Anything more than that, it's more of him scrambling around to kind of make um, – you know, to kind of create more time and then maybe throwing it over the head of the defense where you don't have to be pinpoint accurate as much, um, especially at the distances of over 30, 35 yards. But, you know, Ellinger is a guy that I think he has the the skill to move downfield. Um, 
you know, to throw on the move downfield. He just has to refine the accuracy there as well. Um, and he just needs to be a little bit better at sniffing out um, blitzes pre-snap. Um, but, you know, this is someone that I think when the offense is backed up in its own territory, um, Ellinger is, you know, someone that I think just has to get a little bit better at his management of the game. But we'll see how he progresses this year because he's progressed pretty well each season as as it's gone on. You know, you mentioned earlier, Matt, uh, some Georgia guys. You know, it's funny. I know I've met both these young men. Jamie Newman, who's a Wake Forest grad transfer. I did the Wake Forest Rice game last year. He's impressive. I mean, his, his physique is – he is put together, runs well, throws well. And then JT Daniels, kind of very different. I met him in high school. He skipped his senior year of high school. He, he left after his junior year of high school to go to USC and then started right away. So he was not physically developed when I met him. I think it's interesting they're both at Georgia now. Which one of these guys do you think starts this year? Which one of these guys do you think is a better prospect? I think Newman starts this year, but I think Daniels is the better prospect. Like right now, I look at Newman and you you love the size, you know, you love the aggression downfield. I mean, he's someone that really isn't afraid to let his receivers go up and get it. And when he had guys like Sage Surratt and Scotty Washington, you know, over at Wake Forest, he he let those guys go up and do what they do best in terms of their athletic ability. Um, and he, you know, he he's the type of guy who handles the pocket and the bodies around him well. I think he uses his size well as a runner. He has the burst and the movement to, to move the chains and make people miss, but also just run through guys. He's very good in the red zone as a runner. Um, I think Blitz is involving two defenders working maybe in layers or at different points can be hard for him to avoid. Um, and his le- his anticipation on timing routes can be a little bit better. And he and he, he stares down a ro- lot of routes. But he's a guy that I think, you know, it, watching him at Georgia is going to be fun, being able to go down the field with some of their new, you know, that, that freshman receiver they had last year who, you know, can go up and win the ball. That's going to be a fun combination. Um, but with Daniels, you watch him and just the footwork, the technic, really technically sound with the drops. He has that deceleration to set up fast. He has a really good feel for edge pressure, and his feet are really crisp. He can bounce. You know, when you watch Tom Brady in the pocket, he kind of has that bounce to him and glides, but he can really – his feet never really leave the ground too high, so he's not bouncing up and down as he moves, and he's really smooth and fluid to be able to read things. And JT Daniels has that quality to his movement. Um, so I really like how he kind of glides and moves, but he can plant and fire that ball fast as soon as he's, he spots what he needs to see. And he has nice placement on his vertical throws. He doesn't have quite the arm that, say, you know, Newman does or some of the top prospects do, but he can throw for distance. He puts a lot of air under the ball and throws with touch and placement, and he's aggressive. And because he throws with anticipation and can do it early, he's really good at attacking downfield. And I don't think his arm is going to be a problem for him. And he's grown a little bit. You know, he's 6'3", 210 now. At least that's what they've got him listed as. And you can see him adding a little bit of weight there. Um, He's more of a chain mover as a runner. Um, Good placement against high-low zone defenders. You know, this was a guy that, you know, was a terrific prospect at his high school and, you know, out in California, I believe it was modern day, you know, I believe that yeah. he was at. And, you know, one of the one of the top prospects there. I think long term, 
he's going to be the better prospect than what Newman is. Um, and he's going to be an interesting guy to watch. Um, he's coming off an ACL tear. And if it weren't for the ACL tear and meniscus tear that he suffered after his first game last year, maybe we don't hear about a guy like Keenan Slovis. So, um, you know, it's interesting to see how that works out, um, especially with him maybe in year two heading into Georgia, you know, next year in 2021. All right, I'm going to give you a couple more names, Matt. You can pick one. The guy that you think is most important to talk about. K.J. Costello, the Stanford transfer at Mississippi State, Brock Purdy at Iowa State, or Derek King, who was a Houston Cougar. He's now a Miami Hurricane. I think the most interesting one to me, while people like Purdy and people like um, you know Costello, especially going into Mike Leach's offense where that can be really productive, the guy who I think might surprise is De'Eric King, and maybe it's because I'm a Miami guy at heart in some ways. But it's but I think part of it is is that when I watch him, you know he's a he's a shorter guy with terrific athletic ability that a lot of people are going to say. He's better off as a receiver because he's a big play guy, played some receiver at Houston. But, you know, when you watch him, he has a quick high release. Um, I think that he moves around the pocket really well. But at the same time, he'll stand in there and make the throws. Um, He's a big play deep passer. He can scramble. He can break um, plays down the field like some of the top prospects can with his speed. But he's patient. He's patient against zone. He manipulates middle of the field defenders pretty well. I think he's very good at bringing the ball down and waits to set to that second or third window to throw the ball when something isn't immediately open that you don't always see with quarterbacks at this stage. He's a very promising red zone manager to me because he can be decisive, but he's also has that blend of knowing when to be patient and when to be decisive. He can be a little slower um, when it comes to checkdowns in terms of he, well, not slower. He needs to slow down a little bit more in terms of checkdowns. He can he can rush his process a little bit on some of those plays and not be as pinpoint accurate as you'd like to. Um, and same with climbing the pocket. Um, but Kyler Murray was kind of that way. Um, and you know, so to me, if if Derek King has a good season in the ACC, you know, playing for a new team, I think that te- people will start to warm up to him a little bit more. He could be a riser in this draft and not someone that people are just kind of writing off as a really good athlete who throws the ball well for a college player. I think he's a little more than that. Well said, Matt. I did two of his games last year, the Oklahoma game and the Washington State game. They lost both of them, and he was inconsistent throwing the football. But he is electric. I mean, he he was he's kind of like a poor man's Kyler Murray is how I would describe it. Although part of me would love to see what he would have been like if he was the Oklahoma quarterback, you know, and if they they yeah. switched places like that. Good stuff, Matt. This is the kind of content you get at the Rookie Scouting Portfolio, mattwaldmanrsp.com. If you're not subscribed, you're doing it wrong. It is the best guide out there. Absolutely love it and love talking with Matt every Monday. Next week, we will get into the wide receivers or the running backs. The week after that, we'll do the next. Man, it feels good to be talking about college football players, the next year's draft. Everybody keep your fingers crossed and do everything you can so that we actually get to watch these guys perform. Definitely also check out today's Ross Tucker football podcast. I had Dr. David Chow 
longtime Chargers team doctor on, asking him whether or not he really thinks Cam Newton will be 100%, and his thoughts on the COVID-19 protocols. He said, you're more likely to get it as a football player the six days in the facility than you are on game day. I thought that was interesting. Highly encourage you to check out today's Ross Tucker football podcast. Other than that, the keg is kicked. We are all tapped out. Thanks for listening to the College Draft Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, Fantasy Feast, Even Money, and the Business of Sports. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found.